0: Welcome to The Workplace, where we talk about the cultures we work in and how to make them better for everyone. I'm Andrew Scarsella. This season, three, for those of you keeping track, we're back on the case, trying to figure out how to shape workplace cultures for the better. A lot has changed since last season, and the future of work is more uncertain than ever. And while we've learned a lot from this mandatory worldwide stress test, there are still more questions than answers. Is remote work the future or a fluke? Are some jobs gone for good? Can diversity save us from ourselves? Will the mental health fallout from COVID be a bigger crisis than the pandemic? Those are my big questions for 2021. But what are yours? We want to hear from you. Send your big questions to theworkplace at octanner.com. And we'll try to answer them on an upcoming episode. That's theworkplace at octanner.com. We'll put it in the episode description so you don't have to hit the back 15 seconds button again. This episode, we're talking with the CEO of Great Place to Work, Michael C. Bush. If you haven't heard of him, you've almost certainly heard of his company and what they do. And if you have heard of him, you know why he's the perfect person to kick off Season 3. Stick around after the interview for Tangible Takeaways, where we break down the big ideas from the interview into bite-sized morsels you can use in shaping your own workplace culture. Michael C. Bush is the CEO of Great Place to Work, the global research and analytics firm that produces the annual Fortune 100 Best Companies to Work For list and the 100 Best Workplaces for Women list and the Best Workplaces for Diversity list and many, many others. He served as a member of President Obama's White House Business Council and is the author of A Great Place to Work for All. Better for business, better for people, better for the world. Available in bookstores now. Michael was interviewed by me and was as generous with his time as he was with his wisdom. So, without further ado, let's get to it. Michael, welcome to the workplace. Thank you, Andrew. Happy to be here. So, I want to start where you started, your first job. What was the first job you ever had, and what was it like? That's
1: crazy. Um, so the first job I ever had, well, the first job where I got paid, uh, my father had a, uh, was a carpenter and contractor, and so that was actually the first job, but he said I got food in the refrigerator and a roof over my head. So I'll, I'll call the real first job, uh, Baskin Robbins.
0: Oh really? Uh,
1: the real first job, yeah, first time I actually got paid for something at age sixteen, uh, in Berkeley, California.
0: You're slinging ice cream cones, huh?
1: I was slinging cones, and of course, I was popular in the neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> people could come by and get an extra scoop. Um, so, uh, but it was it was a great place to start. I have nothing but great memories.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you even do you remember what the workplace culture was like there? Did you even have a concept of that? I mean, at that age. That's maybe not what you're thinking about.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny because I just, my wife and I just talked about this a week ago because we were in Southern California and we stopped in at a Baskin Robbins. And so I talked about starting at Baskin Robbins and the culture, um, it was fascinating because I really enjoyed the people that I worked with. Um, So, which is, you know, an important part of being a great place to work. Um, But the guy who owned it and ran it was horrible. He was absolutely (laughs) terrible. You know, matter of fact, you know, he was dishonest with the, my wages and, and those kinds oh, of things. No. So it's like a terrible story from that point of view. But when I think back, I have nothing but great memories because I first of all, I was just happy to have a job. And so like, times are a little bit different. Um, you know, so I was happy to have a job. I was happy to be getting a sixty eight an hour. You know, <laughs> so I, I was ecstatic. And um, even though I didn't realize he was robbing me um, and I enjoyed meeting people and doing business and measuring, uh, you know, that's where I learned about inventory control as a very young person. And I enjoyed everybody that I worked with. So the only negative memory I have is the person that I worked for. And so we all know the importance of that. But I also learned, you know, when you're really doing something that you like and, uh, and with great people and interacting with people, that can com- compensate for yeah. uh, having you know, a little bit, you know, for having a terrible boss.
0: So, from Baskin Robbins to the CEO of Great Place to work, um, tell me how did you how did you make that journey? How did you get into the business of bettering workplace cultures?
1: Yeah, um, I really see it as a series of uh, a lot of a lot of good luck you know and, and good fortune that that i 'll take luck anytime and I just feel like feel like uh, there 's no way I could have gotten here without a, a lot of you know good luck and good fortune. Um, I, have certainly worked hard, but I don't feel like the hard work has earned me something more than anybody else. A lot of people work hard. I had, I had, uh, yeah, I worked hard, but I had some, some great opportunities and, um, you know, to learn along the way. So I, um, uh, started my career, uh, right after undergraduate doing, um, uh, engineering work, actually at Hewlett Packard, um, which was a great place to work. Um, that was the, you know, the company that, that created something called the HP way, which I believe was the first time a company talked about the way they did the work. You know, this is way before there's a list of 100 best companies to work for. This is 19, know, 79, And so, but they did have a way. They had a way of treating people uh, and believing in people that you could feel it. And I don't even think people were really using the word culture then. So I was blessed um, with that opportunity. I remember everybody would be busy and at 920, a bell would ding. No matter who you were, you stopped and went into the little hallway and there was coffee and donuts and tea and coffee. Everybody would stop for that. And then the same thing would happen at 150, 150 to two, all around the world. This is what people did. They stopped and they took a break and they would have some conversations. Um, so that was um, a magnificent place to learn. I went from there to Kaiser Permanente, a large company, very different culture. And, mm-hmm. um, and then I went back to business school and came out of business school And that's kind of when my entrepreneurial journey began. Um, And a guy bought my business, my consulting business. We combined companies. I ran that combined company. It got bought by a publicly traded company. And then I ran that business. And then um, I learned that if you're, you know, if you make people a lot of money, you have some friends for life. And from that, I began doing turnaround work. And I did these things in a human way. You know, I, I think it just, that is a nature part part of it. And, um, you know, always putting people first. And then I was actually hired by the founder of Great Place to Work to sell Great Place to Work. And I ended up buying it. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's that's how I got here. You sold it to yourself. Sold it to myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, some actually complained that I, I, I bigged, you know, I, I rigged the bidding. <laughs> um, but, but that's actually not what happened. I actually had, had a deal and, um, the owner had signed a term sheet and then, um, met the people and said the people were just driven by money and he was not going to sell the business, something he cared about to people that were just driven by money. And, uh, he said, you should buy it. And it was deep in my subconscious. Um, so when he said it, you know, I think the next day I called my a business partner And said, Hey, you think we can do this? And he was like, Mike, that sounds outstanding and uh, the perfect job for you. And I'm in. And so we came together and bought the business in 2015.
0: Tell me about the workplace culture at Great Place to Work. Uh, I assume that there's a lot of thought going into that. There's maybe a little added pressure. You know,
1: uh, there's absolutely a lot of added pressure, you know, because everybody in our business knows what's going on in the greatest companies. So if one company does foot massages, guess what? We ought to have them a great place to work, you know. <laughs> so so the bar is high, um, you, you know, which makes it thrilling. Uh, a lot of pressure, you, you know. At the same time, we do the survey every four months, uh, so I get feedback every four months. So I know the feeling of having a great day and then having it ruined, um, uh, because no matter what, when you survey your people, you're going to see some opportunities. And um, if you're you know purpose driven leader, you know, I'd like to say. Uh, that's not that big of a deal. That's what happens. It, it, it's actually, it's very emotional um, because you see things that, that aren't really working out for your people. And we share our results with everyone. We're probably the only company in the world who does that. Um, so um, our survey closes, everybody can see the data and can go through our tool to see exactly um, what's going on. So that raises the bar uh, as well. So I'd say that you have to be in listening mode you know, all the time you got to get help emotionally. I know I do. Um, because when I first look at the, at the results, uh, I don't, you know, just like your report card, you don't look at, you know, the A's and B's, you look at the other things. Um, and so I, I, am my nature gravitates towards that too. So I always have to go through a process of rebuilding and then, you know, some plan of action with my team, uh, and then moving forward. So we, 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 we do the survey, we get our results, uh, within 30 days of getting the results, we have a plan of action, and we start working the plan of action, and we have to work fast because there's going to be another survey three months later. So yeah, that's so, a, tight for, a tight
0: turnaround for change.
1: Yeah, so you gotta you gotta get to work, and then but what happens is if you do that, uh, number one, uh, t- the employees are all in, so the you get everybody responding to the survey, and and they lean in. You know, so they don't just lean back and wait for management to make these changes. Uh, they understand that they have a role to play, too. So you get the whole organization um, trying to make things better, you know, for, for each other. So um, it's not like a leader has to do it all on their own. I think you, you, you got like 24 hours to get your yourself emotionally reset, and then the people will respond and help make things better with you.
0: Actually, that raises a question that I had because I just took the Great Place to Work survey for my company. And uh, it got me thinking, because it seems pretty obvious why a leader would want that tool. It seems invaluable, right? You know, get a real uh, sense of the pulse. But what role does it play for the individual employees? Like you said, it, uh, for a great place to work employees, it helps them, you know, it gives them transparency into what the company culture is like and, uh, and maybe gives them a voice. But uh, what about c- for companies that aren't doing it quite as often? Do you get a sense of what the employees perceptions are of the survey?
1: I think that, you know, you can always tell, for example, if, if a company sends out a survey and 30% of the people respond, that tells you something. Mm. Uh, it, it tells you something that there's not a high level of trust in that organization. Um, so people are either fearing that, oh, somebody's going to know I said something, which is low trust, or they're fearing that no, no one really cares. Or they kind of have a wait-and-see atti- attitude, which is also all all those things are indicative of trust not being where you want it to be. You know, if you got a company where, you know, the the trust level is kind of where it, where it needs to be at a minimum, then um, you're going to get like 65% of the people responding to the survey. That That's how you know, okay, this place is doing a pretty good job. Now, of course, there's some companies where 90% of the people respond to the survey. Yeah. So, um, which is true, a great place to work. Um, and, um you know, that that does tell you something. And, and really, the employees are signaling trust and they're signaling that they have confidence that you're listening. Um, and that if they say something, you're going to show them the respect of responding to what they say. Right. Uh, and, and so right now, you know, anybody who's been surveying certainly over the past eight or nine months is learning more about their people and uh, dealing with the uncertainty of of COVID-19. So that, that's coming through and up to the top. People are worried about their physical health, their mental health, and their financial health. Uh, and so that's, these are important things to know. And, and in a high-trust culture, they're, they're letting you know these things. And then you, you, you know, as, as a management and leadership team, can get a sense of priority on, on how to respond to those things. If you do, you're gonna get rewarded. Um, you're gonna get rewarded because people will even tell you more next time. Um, about about things that are that are uh, going on for them, you know, or, or might be troubling them. The election, you know, that that's that's led to a lot of heat in the in the U.S. around things that people are caring about, and 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 um, and, and so some a lot of surveys are showing that you know people are talking about their psychological safety outside of work, their emotional safety outside of work. Uh, so these are the rewards. Um, you know, that, that you get by, um, doing the survey. You know, I think that doing it once a year is not bad. It's like taking a temperature. Um, but if you only take your temperature once a year, you can get sick a few times during the year. So I I think that, that, you know, twice is probably about right. And, um, uh, you know, four times a year is, is pretty demanding. So, um, you want to find ways of doing it in a way that's not, uh, taking on too much, uh, expectation within the company. Um, but you certainly uh, want to try and do it a little more than than once a year, I would say.
0: Yeah. So you brought up the idea of fear in the workplace. Uh, unfortunately, fear has become a bigger part of people's lives at work and outside of work than I think anyone could have predicted. Yeah. Uh, what is the cost of that fear in a workplace culture? The cost is high. You know, if, if you look at
1: Josh Beerson's done a lot of... Uh, Uh, great research work pre-COVID, you know, and, and looking at, um, you know, the, the various trust barometers um, that, that people use. And, and, um, you know, 2019 was like an all-time low in terms of people trusting uh, government, um, uh, people trusting their country. Um, uh, It was odd. People trusted their workplace Hmm. more than, than those institutions. So, um, that was noteworthy um, that that transfer, um, you know, ha- had occurred. Um, and uh, and therefore um, it, it creates certainly an opportunity for 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 companies to know that. So if you've got people living in a world where they trust their workplace more than any other place, while that's great, um, it's good to know because it's not perfect. Um, but it also says something about the opportunity of what you can do for people um, when they are actually um, doing work, uh, the experience that you can create for them. And, and, and the survey results in 2020 have been amazing to see people saying they feel safer and more cared for by their workplace than by society. They are treated equally and more fair by their workplace than in society. So um, wow. you, you, in 2020, the, the, the profound summary of the data is that um, when you're creating a high-trust culture, one that cares and asks how you're doing and, and leaders are respectful and treating people in a fair and equitable way, people feel more elo- emotionally and psychologically safe. Um, so that, me- that means there's less fear. And when there's less fear, people are more willing to take risks. When there's less fear, people are willing to be, you know, on on a video call and not worried that their kid might come through the door, you know, or their dog might barge through the door because there's not fear that somehow that incident may affect their trajectory or their compensation or something like that. And when people can breathe freely at work, um, feeling safe, then when you ask for new ideas, hey, what can we do? for our working people who have two young kids at home and are really struggling. Well, let's pull a group of people together who have two young people, working people at home and see what the company can do, um, you know, for those people, people will come together. We call that innovation by all, which is one of the benefits of having low levels of fear. People will come together and we ask a question about uh, which, which you answered. Are you willing to give extra effort to get the job done? That's how we get a measure because innovation takes extra effort. But when there's fear, People don't want to do it. People are like, this is a job. This is enough. No, I'm not volunteering to help other people with young kids. I got a pet at home. I don't have a young kid at home, and they're going to have to do their thing. I'm going to have to do my thing. That's somebody who's working in an environment where they don't feel cared for, and they feel a level of fear, and fear kills inclusion. I don't feel a part of it. it it's Fear sets people up to say, I don't really feel like I necessarily belong here. Um, fear sets people up to say, innovation, look, let's just stay in business. Um, and engagement, we need more of you to commit to the purpose. I don't really feel like doing that either. So that's what fear does. It erodes these things. You can forget about happiness and satisfaction. When there's fear, none of those things are present. The things that you need at any time, and in 2020, 2021, you need it actually more than ever.
0: So your company's vision is for all people to be working at a great place to work, certified for all workplace by 2030. Yeah, How's that going? And what adjustments did you have to make due to, well, 2020?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So we, we certainly didn't see 2020, you know, and, and we did a lot of work on the future of work and we were horribly wrong, um, <laughs> you know, I think like everybody else. Um, so we didn't see, um, you know, kind of the digital transformation happening in two months. Um, and and so many other things that could not be done, absolutely could not be done. You cannot have a call center um, without a warehouse and people sitting together. And well, guess what? Yes, you can. Hmm. Um, so all these things that could not happen, they 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 are happening. So the um, so what we um, you know the reason we said twenty thirty is we just felt like we needed to say something um, that it's, this is like a lifelong we some urgency. Uh, is what we were what we were uh, ch- trying to create. That basically, seven out of ten people at the organization said, "Hey, all things considered, this is a great place to work for all." That that's what we were aspiring to and hoping to get companies um, fired up to do that. And what the data is clearly showing that companies that um, you know had a high trust culture in 2019 um, uh, are having a much different experience in 2020 than those that, that didn't. So the good news is. The data is showing and I'm talking about um, uh, even in the toughest parts of 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 our the industries we survey, hospitality, uh, airlines, you know, know, transportation, the two areas that have been hit the hardest. Um, If you look at the companies that are certified great place to work for all compared to others, they're outperforming. I mean, you can actually look at the publicly, publicly traded companies and look at their performance companies that are certified great places to work versus hospitality providers and airlines that are not. Um, so um, I think that this is encouraging in terms of the data, though I wish no ill will on the companies. I wish everybody was doing great um, because there's people everywhere, but the data does show that um, there's a reward for this belief in putting your, perp- your your people first and caring about more than just profit um, when, when you're uh, making decisions. And 2020 your people found out who you were. Mm-hmm. They found out who you were. When you said, look, I have a sick mother that I can't get to with my this work shift and I got to get her some things because she cannot leave her house. And you say, hey, you got a shift and you got the responsibility. So we care about you as a person, but you got to do the, the shift work. The person knows now, okay, now I know who you are. And I know exactly who you are. Uh, It's usually different than what's on the website. Um, Whereas companies who listened, you know, and were flexible, those employees are even more committed now. Mm -hmm. They're even more committed.
0: So the key part of that vision is the for all part, right? Uh, So I'm wondering what, what hard questions do companies and their leaders need to ask of themselves and of their own workplace culture to really address Diversity and inclusion issues, and become a great place to work for all. Yep. So there's
1: two uh, things in, in that point, Andrew. First, you know, to be a great place to work for all, all has to be present. Mm. Okay, so that's number one, and that's really the toughest part. Yeah, that's really the the toughest part. You know th- that that there are, um, you know, around the world, there are. It doesn't matter what country you're in. There are, are certain people who are underrepresented when you look at population. So, you know, as we do business in 98 countries, and in most countries, when I leave the U.S., if I say something like great place to work for all, they go, oh, that's a U.S. problem. And I go, <laughs> oh, really? Oh, really? Well, I've been here for a while, and that's not what I see. You, you know, that, that everybody in India is not the same. You know, and women and men have a different experience in Sweden. I can go on and on and on with with showing that everybody has an issue here but people so denial that that's that's point number one you know using the data to know really oh wow uh we think we're a fair and equitable society but actually th- there are some ways that we are not um you, you know uh maternity leave and um and 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 the experience that people have around the world a lot of places there isn't any you, you know so so the our, the data makes it clear that, that there are people who have a different work experience. So that's number one, you know, representation. And, um, and then, you know, making sure that organizations are encouraged to uh, wonder why. Um, there's representation in the warehouse uh, and in distribution. But as you move up to supervision and management and VP level, there's less. You, you know, wh- why is that? Um, what is it that we're doing in terms of how we promote? and and where we recruit. So these are the fundamental things to make sure that all is present. And then once you get, which I would call kind of the diversity issue, you know, around representation. But when we say great place to work for all, we're saying you got to work on those things. But in addition, you have to work on the experience that everyone's having. And this is where you want equality and fairness. So uh, what leaders have to do is be able to look at uh, the experience of someone who's in senior management at the top, And somebody's on the shop floor, and asking the same questions. And what you'll find often is that they're describing two different companies. Mm -hmm. Um, But we don't think that's a good thing. We think in terms of experience, respect, fairness. Um, Do I have the opportunity to people listen to me? Do people ask me for my ideas? Do people involve me in decisions that affect my work? That should be the same. It doesn't matter where you are. So we do the demographic comparisons. That's how we get the for all. We we score. We look at senior management, middle management, frontline. We look at full-time workers, part-time workers. We look at men versus women. And we do the comparisons and we reward the companies that have a consistent experience. You know, a, a company that's great for many and not great for some uh, is scored lower than a company that's good for all. Mm. We reward the consistency. That That's the whole thing. Um, you know, uh, in the for all, because there's nothing more important than fairness and equity
0: um,
1: Absolutely. Uh, in, in terms of letting people know that that you respect them and they have an equal opportunity uh, in terms of growing and, and, you know, taking care of their family. So, um, you know, I'd say, you know, to the, the root of your question, people have to be able to look at the data and accept what it says, um, which is, you know, OK, I got a problem. I got a problem. OK, now that you admit you have a problem you can now start to move on uh, to the next phase and look at what is, what is it that, that we can um, you know, do, do about that um, and the benefits of it. And so that's why we always talk about a great place to work for all. We track the financial performance of the companies we do business with uh, to make sure that we can make the point that um, uh, if you wanna make as much money as possible, this is a really, really good way to do it. And, and we have a lot, you know, forget about the moral part because that doesn't ring a bell for everyone. Uh, but the economics does. And and so we try and provide the data to show um, that uh, this is a way uh, you know, to have a financial performance.
0: Yeah, I think that's the best way to motivate just about any business leaders. Tell them, oh, this will have a financial benefit. <laughs>
1: exactly. Oh, and by the way, yeah. There's oh, by sequel. the way, it's
0: also <laughs> the morally right thing to do.
1: Yeah, 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 <laughs> that's right.
0: Second, secondary to that, it's also going to get you into heaven. That's
1: right. That's right. You know, but, <laughs> but since we're only talking about the here and now, let's get back to that money. You
0: know. <laughs> so you said that uh, you guys work with companies in 98 countries? 98 so countries. Yeah. 98 countries. Are there certain countries or cities or regions that just simply have better workplace cultures that stand out amongst all the rest? And if so, what are
1: they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, where should
0: we be moving?
1: <laughs> right, right, right. Well, you know, you you got to have a big coat, you know, because some of the most outstanding workplaces are places like uh, Finland, hmm. uh, Norway, Sweden. Uh, if you look at their scores, uh, and if you know, there's a lot of Gallup data on, on the same thing uh, around, um, you know, people's experience at work, and um, you know, the, you do have, you know, those are countries that are fully behind their working people they're fully behind their working people. These are countries where through COVID businesses were protected and so were the people. Uh, there, there weren't, there wasn't a gap that widened between halves. Of, they like, we're keeping it going. We're, we're, we're yeah. keeping it going. And, and so, um, you know, th- th- when you've got, you know, that, that kind of economic support, um, uh, and, you know, some call that strange names. I just thought, call it taking care of people. Um, that that you do see you know super high scores um and then there's some countries um i actually don't want to call anybody out but uh there's some countries where the scores aren't that high um you know but i like the one country i'm thinking of that i'm not gonna say i love that i love the country and i love the food in the country that gives you a hint but the scores are 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 not that high uh so there's a different work expectation. you you know, it kind of in, in this country. And and so it it does make lower scores, but we still do business there. And of course, um, reward and recognize the companies that are at the top end. Uh, It just makes it hard when you compare countries and, you know, and, and great places to work across countries. It's not hard at all within a country um, where you've got different expectations and norms, you know, but when you do a local scoring, it, it it adjusts and and accounts for all of that, but normative comparisons, You know, if you if you did a world's best list strictly on scoring, um, without making adjustments for other things, you would find um, a lot of northern European countries. um, Hmm. You know, at 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 the top of that
0: list. Uh, Are you considering making a world's best list? Yes, we actually
1: actually have one. Yeah, we do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we have one, and and so we we have a you know kind of a a global scoring method, Um, and the way we adjust is. Like to be eligible to be on that list uh, of the world's best, you have to be on a list of the best uh, workplaces in at least five countries. Ah. So that takes care of that somewhat. Um, and then and the more countries you, you, you survey in, um, the better you're going to do. And so you start having companies going more and more, and it just starts to adjust for those differences. Um, once you start recognizing that you can't just be from one part of the world, you, you, you know uh, you have to be from um, um, across three different regions of, of the world. So it, it, it makes that adjustment because if you're a multinational, your scores are higher in, in some parts of the world and your scores are lower in another part of the world. But th- this enables us to make that adjustment.
0: So this year has seen uh, more than its fair share of just massive, earth-shaking changes in workplaces. But uh, I'd like to talk small for a second. What are some little changes we can make today that over time can grow into beautiful workplace culture butterflies?
1: Yeah, um, and I love the butterfly metaphor. Um, and uh, I, I think that one of them is, one of the things we've learned through the video technology and the tools that, that are available is that People have learned a lot more about their co-workers. Th- this has, in fact, happened. You know, people have learned that there are some people who, you know, do podcasts, for example, who kind of build this little thing in their home uh, that's very unique and special, and they actually have seen it and are and like, wow, and therefore know the person in a different way. Like, this is a really committed person uh, who would create this environment, you know, in their space to do this work in a remarkable way, you learn a lot about a person. That wouldn't have happened in the old world. Mm. It just wouldn't have happened. And these accounts, I got millions of them. People who have worked with people for a decade and didn't know they had two cats. (laughs) But they know now. They didn't know their mother-in-law who has been living with them and has been ill for the last five years. Had no idea they didn't know they had a parent you know that lives 7 miles away from them that they you know before covid took food to and things like that and now they know they didn't know that they had kids you know at certain ages and one of them has a learning difference and so the digital distance learning isn't working they had no idea they had kids and let alone about these things these are the things that have been unlocked in this this is a silver lining
0: yeah
1: that that through through technology oddly enough People are getting to know things about each other, you know, that that, you know, you can be working with somebody and look in their background and see a bunch of guitars, for example, Mm -hmm. and be like, whoa, I had no idea. I wonder, hey, is this person a player or they certainly (laughs) like guitars or something? Something's happening and never would have known that in working with that person for 20 years. So this is the silver lining. This has, um, I think, a huge opportunity. You know, when people are like, I want things to get back to normal, I'm like, I hope they don't. I hope we keep some of this. I hope we find that in 15 minutes, visually connecting with a person, you can, you know, that's like three years of plane flights.
0: Yeah, it's like, pretty intimate, isn't it?
1: It's super intimate. We're like in people's homes now. Mm-hmm. I'm in uh, your home right now. <laughs> exactly. You're you're here ch- checking it out and, you know, let and me know. you're here you're with me. Here. But, but you, yeah, but you might want to do it anonymously so I don't hold any resentment, you know, but, uh, uh, but this is reality. And I'm a world world traveler. I'm 150,000 mile a year flyer, um, and, and, and have learned more about people around the world in these nine months, normally it'd be like three years of trips. You, know, you go see somebody, spend a couple of days with them, then you know, maybe nine months later, and you put all that together. I've shot through all of that, You know, talking to people about, oh, somebody in their family who had COVID. Okay, what did you do? What are you doing? And getting to know people in this way that, that has occurred for, for many of us, um, you know, we're light years ahead. In, in terms of getting to know people. So I hope people are, we we strongly recommend people are continuing that. We strongly recommend that people are beginning business meetings with a personal check-in, uh, that we we strongly encourage people leaders to ask people, you know, hey, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? You know, how, how are you going to handle it? Um, number one, to show that you care. Number two, for both people to start thinking about what's going to happen when that, you know, aunt or son runs in the house to hug you, sprinting towards you, and they don't have a mask on. You know, it's like, I love you, but I don't want to, you, you're not going to kill me today. Um, <laughs> you, you know, and, and so, but, but through these conversations, prepare people for these moments. Um, and, and I think that, that we're all learning uh, that, you know, there's a, a new way um, to connect with each other. Uh, and I hope that, that we, we don't forget this um, and that we go back into our cocoons you know, which the butterfly nor the caterpillar ever does,
0: mm-hmm. you know the
1: transformation's one way you know you, you want to keep going, so I hope we don't take steps back and hide from the technology that we actually know uh, can increase connections.
0: I agree with you I, I hope it continues to not not the pandemic, of course no but, of course not but the, the the breaking down of those barriers between us, which weirdly a screen has allowed. To be possible you know I don't think I ever would have thought I'd have such personal conversations with people on video chat I would have thought I would be more likely to do that on an airplane or while I'm traveling or something like that but there's a vulnerability yeah if you could snap your fingers and eliminate a corporate buzzword or phrase from the universe what would it be I'm committed to diversity and inclusion.
1: <laughs> just gone. Okay, just, just gone. Uh, because most companies say it and they aren't.
0: Yeah, let, let's see the action. Right? Yeah, I'm
1: like, let's stop saying it. <laughs> you know, I but, agree. Let's get into it.
0: What's one thing about how workplace culture has changed in the last year that surprised you?
1: Um, how important work could become in keeping a person going. You know things are wobbly in their family. You know things are wobbly with their friends. They can't see them. Things are wobbly in their community. Um, you know through through the, the presidential election heat, things are stressed within families. You know there are people like losing family connections through this this, this craziness, um, and uh, and and yet have found work to be a place where they can breathe. You know, it's like, turn off that network. Let me get to work, you know, and and so um, the the importance of work, Um, it's, it's, you know, easy for, you know, I would just say casually, well, we want it to be a great place to work for all because we spend so much time working and a person who's respected when they leave work, treated in a respectful way, is going to be a different member at home and in their community. I said it and I believed it, but I'm going to be saying it with a lot more passion now. I know how important work is. You know, it's far more than, than, than what it seemed because society is so crazy. Um, you know, so that, that's a surprise to me um, that, that it can be a, something that it could be the life preserver for people.
0: And it's a refuge. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Who was the best boss you ever had?
1: Oh, uh, wow. Um, wow. That's it's it's remarkable. You, like all these people are flying, flying by. Not the
0: guy at Baskin Robbins,
1: though. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That guy didn't fly (laughs) by. Um, He's on a different list. Um, So, um, yeah, I would say, um, you know, it's the guy who is my current business partner, Hmm. um, who I merged my business into his, um, and uh, it it was him, you you know, and and why? Because uh, he was a great listener, and um, uh, he didn't micromanage. You, you know, which is the ultimate show of trust and respect. Uh, and, and so, you know, um, th- that I learned a lot by what can happen when you give someone that space and that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and then also, um, you know, just g- get to the reality of it. You know, I'm black. Some people may not know that on the podcast, um, you know, and and he isn't. And and yet he let me run his company when he combined it with mine that had his family name on it, Mm. you know, so he kind of put me in charge of his reputation, not a lot of that going on. Okay. And this was in 1996. Yeah. Um, and he did those things. So all of that, you know, was transformative for me in in terms of number one, I, I was unlocked. Um, but I look back and realize, uh, it's not an opportunity that was given to everyone. You know, and I'm glad I got the opportunity. He says it was the best thing he ever did and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, he's living in Hawaii now. So everything's great. But he didn't know it was going to work out that way. Sure. I mean, it's worked out great now, but he didn't know that at the time.
0: Who are your heroes?
1: You know, I got a pair. Uh, you know, I got uh, like behind me, as you can see, Muhammad Ali. Uh, so he, he he's a heroic figure to me, um, a, a person who abandoned what he was the best in the world at. To do more for the world, you know, continuing, in, including continuing to do what he was the best in the world uh, at when he wasn't, um, to get economics to do what he felt he was here to do, which was actually change the world and prove things for people, all people, um, and prove that you can move around the world and be seen, not for the color of your skin or because you're a great boxer, but because of who you are. You know, there's a whole population that, ha- that reveres Muhammad Ali and they have to be told that he was a boxer. Mm -hmm. they don't even know him that way and so yes i obviously um uh watched his transformation his commitment his sacrifice his the ridicule he endured the hate he endured and um still uh, you can look back at dick cabin interviews and he's talking about things that are relevant today um in in terms of racial equality and his experience in this country and didn't blame anybody uh held himself accountable for for what he achieved I got great respect for, for, you know, a powerful pair, uh, Michelle and Barack Obama. Um, both of them, you know, I, I hold them, you know, I said in one interview, like, who, 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 who would you like to be like? And I said, Barack Obama. And they go, OK, name somebody else. I was like, Michelle Obama. You know, it's like, <laughs> bang, bang. I'll take either one.
0: Um, yeah, they're a package deal.
1: They're a package deal. And I just watch them not only w- what they do, you know, as, as we know it, but how they do it. And um, and as parents, you know, I, I watch their parenting um, while fulfilling these huge obligations uh, in a world that every day they can go to social media and get ridiculed, you know, relentlessly, because that's what happens every day. Um, but yet they seem to move in a way. They're guided by something, their purpose. You know, they're butterflies, um, you know, who have transformed and are always, I believe, looking at how to make the world better. Um, they aren't looking at making things better for themselves. I've never heard either one of them make a comment or of interest for self gain. Um, it, it, it's always, it's always something more than that. So I'm super inspired by that.
0: So on the flip side, who were your villains?
1: Oh God. <laughs> well, you know, one comes to mind right now. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and so I don't, I don't know if you want me to go down that path, but um, uh, you, you know, it, it's to me, to me, Um, You know, just totally Mm. self-interest, self-gain, win at all costs, writing books about winning at all costs, winners and losers, calling people losers, you know, thinking that some group of people are better than another group of people um, and that you're better than other groups of people. Um, I don't get any of it. I I don't get any of it. You know, somebody who who believes in those things and, and has, you know, let's say that they actually do have a lot of money. That doesn't mean a thing to me um, it's divisive. You know, why do they have to be winners and losers? You you know, a real winner helps people who are less able. You you, you know, that's what a winner does. You don't, you know, you you reach your hand across and and you pull them up. And I mean, all people, you know, not, not just some people. So, um, you know, if I'm going to name names, it's, it's people that come to mind for me that, that that's how they behave. Um, and, uh, um, and they, 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 you know, we have a pandemic right now, um, and they're not talking about it at all. And they're in a very powerful position, and they aren't talking about it at all. They're t- they're talking about um, like an election, you know, like like that's yeah, it's important, but people are dying every day. It's actually more important, you, you know. So I just don't see how you can how you can do that, um, and 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 I don't see how you can uh, support that. Um, I, I, you know, just, just this way of being. And, and so you're, you're asking me about a person, you know, kind of, kind of a villain, a person who is divisive, um, and, uh, is not inclusive, you know, a person who makes, you know, 50 judge appointments and not one of them is African-American in lifetime appointments in the United States of America. How can that be true? It's mathematically really hard to do. It's hard to do that. you have to be intentional about that. And anybody who thinks that's okay um, I just want to hear why that's okay. Mm-hmm. you know and why it makes sense. Now if these are 50 geniuses um, then okay but the record reflects that they aren't. You know some of them didn't pass basic metrics um, or a proficiency or experience to be considered to be a judge.
0: It's, it's a pretty stark contrast
1: this is pretty stark contrast you know you know what I'm describing so it's like um, uh you know bringing people together um, caring about all um, and even if it's not perfect you know let me find a way to get health care to everybody who doesn't want everyone to have health care I just don't understand how you could not want that to be true um, and that there's any well they don't, some people don't deserve it I don't know anybody who doesn't deserve it I don't know anybody. I don't care what they did. They could be in prison. They deserve it. They deserve health care. So th- there are some basic beliefs that I have. You know, obviously, that's what, that's what I'm talking about. And, um, uh, and then, you know, a villain is somebody who you don't have to agree with what I want uh, or everything that I believe in, but I believe in equality and fairness for absolutely everyone. And a basic things like health care is a basic right. It's not some can have and some. It's a basic right. It's a human right. Is is, is my belief. If you don't believe it's a human right for everybody to have health care, we do have a fundamental uh, disagreement.
0: Last two questions. Last question. How about this? What does your ideal workplace culture look like? What defines it?
1: Yeah, you know it. Um, I, I I think that that um, you know I hope. You know, my, my dream is um, that uh, I could go to work and other people could go to work and people will say, we're glad you're here, you know, and we're going to be better off because you're here and we're going to develop you. We're going to train you. We're going to give you feedback. If you make a mistake, we're going to let you know. Um, uh, but we're going to trust you. And if you work hard here, good things can happen for you. There's going to be additional opportunities for you. There's going to be additional challenges for you. There's going to be promotions for you. And we're going to do that in a fair way based on what you do and how you do it here, living up to our values and, you know, providing uh, excellent work. It can happen for you too. And then when I look through the company, I see evidence of that. I, I see people, other people that are from California, you know, doing well in the company. You know, I see other people that are male doing well in the company. Okay, that's important for me. You know, I see other Black people doing well in the company. Oh, that, that's important for me. You know, and, and everybody can have that experience. You can see people that you identify with doing various things in the company. So you could see the evidence that, that the statement that if you work hard here and live out our company's values, you can, you know, get promoted and do more for your family if that's what you want to do. Uh, to me, that's the ideal work, workplace. You know, um, some people go to work every day. They don't even realize how lucky they are to go into an environment to see a lot of people like them doing well, they take it for granted um, because they've been doing it every day. They don't, they don't, they don't know what it's like to go into a workplace and see nobody that looks like you, um, you know, doing well. And, and so, um, you know, when I was at Hewlett Packard in 1979, there were two black engineers. Two. It was two. two, and he knew me. You know, we knew each other um, because there was only two. Um, and there's a lot of engineers at Yule Packard. Um, but, and and people don't know what that's like, you know, and then we would sit together at lunch and people were like, how come you guys sit together at lunch? I'm like, Hey, y'all are sitting together at lunch. There's just two of us. So you can see us. Um, we're doing exactly what you do to sitting down with people who we can relate to. And, and, you know, learn and, and things like this, but we got singled out for it. And then they were like, you shouldn't be doing that, you know, and, and, and things like that. And I remember that went all the way to the top and Bill was like, they can sit and have lunch wherever they want, however they want, blah, 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 blah. Because I don't care about that as long as they're great engineers. You know, I don't, I don't care about that, which was, I remember that to this day, um, you know, and being just a, a, a great moment, you, you know, um, you know, actually by him. So that's what I hope this, this notion of great place to work for all. And that, um, you know, you you could be a part of the LGBTQ community doesn't mean a thing. And, uh, you work hard, you know, you're super committed to the company. You're going to be able to do well, and you're going to be able to see evidence. And I look forward to a time when people no longer have to say, Oh, you know, she's the first, uh, outwardly gay person who is a senior executive. I'll be, I look forward to the day. We don't have to say that
0: anymore. Right. Right. No, let's, let's do it with firsts and hear about seconds and thirds. I love and it. Hun- hundreds. And
1: it's all about that. It's all about that. You know, let's celebrate the second, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, cause it's exponentially better. So, uh, you know, that's what I want. I know I'm not alone. You know, that's why this movement is powerful. That's why our, our business is good. That's why, you know, companies like OC Tanner want to be a great place to work for all um, uh, because they believe this too, you know, this vision, uh, of, of doing that um, and everybody just having this great experience. How can the world not be better with, with people having that experience um, and uh, without winners and losers? Um, but, uh, you know, fi- finding a way to get out of that, you know, um, I don't have to, nobody has to lose for me to gain. Uh, it's so- not a net thing. There's not this finite number of jobs. Um, we don't even know how many jobs there are. We can't even get the jobs data right. But, we, we, you know, the, the, it, it's, it's not a net, uh, you know, the, I always talk about the pie getting bigger, mm-hmm. you know, make, making, making the pie bigger that that's the, the, the opportunity and, and um, everybody wins, um, you know, final point on that. If, if you take a look at women entering the workplace from 1960 to 2010, the GDP of the U.S. with women entering the workplace, which they entered, yes, because of discrimination, Senator Jay O'Connor, but they really entered because of the war. And after effects of the war, uh, d- depleting um, men, being able to do work. And so women are through the workplace. And the GDP of the U.S. went from $500 um, billion, dollars, $568 billion, to in 2010, $14.4 trillion. Um, This is like the perfect diversity story of what happens when great talent, because only great talent, only the best women got hired,
0: mm-hmm.
1: mainly replacing not the best men. <laughs> and what happened is the nation took off. It freaking took off. Um, so I would say, uh, well, who lost? Well, the less competent men, you could say. But if you really track their data, they still made twice as much as the most competent women.
0: Right. They still benefited.
1: Oh, they still benefited. And the men at the top, 7x. 7x. Uh, you know, So that's when this divide happened. Um, so it, it's this, people don't need a business case. All they have to do is look at America, and, and what's happened in America with women entering the workforce, and what happened to GDP. And You can go around the world. You can go to yeah. Germany. Same story. You, you can move around the world and look at at, at the benefit of um, you know ma- making sure that you're you're picking um, you know the best people, regardless of something that you might think makes them different.
0: Well, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us on the workplace. Uh, where can people find you and uh, how can they get in touch with Great Place to Work?
1: Yeah, thank you. You can go to uh, www.greatplacetowork.com. Uh, check out our website and you can come find me Michael C. Bush on LinkedIn. And um, we're always we're putting up new research every week. Um, and if there's something you need, um, just just message me and uh, you're gonna get it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you very much.
0: Now it's time for Tangible Takeaways, where we take big ideas through the hedge maze and into the sultan's private gardens, wreathed with flame lilies, ghost orchids, jade vines, chocolate cosmos, middle mist reds, and blue roses, parrots beaks, island hibiscus, Gibraltar campions. Is that a corpse flower in full bloom? Cool and gross. The first is that if we've learned anything from this crisis, it's that trust is the true barometer of a healthy workplace culture. The more trust people have in leadership, the less fear they experience day to day. They can breathe easier, worry less, which opens up more time and mental energy for other things like innovation. Because like Michael said, innovation takes that extra effort. And extra effort is hard to find when you can't trust your leaders to tell you the truth or worse, tell you anything. Trust is the antidote to fear. And it's what people need. Not just in the middle of a crisis, but when times are good too. The second is that if you want to be a great place to work for all, you should be going after more than just diversity. You should be going after equity, fairness, representation. Representation across all levels of the organization, in the warehouse, and the boardroom. Many organizations have a disparity between the workplace culture at the executive level and the workplace culture for everyday employees. We have to look closer at our own cultures and acknowledge these disparities in the data. Not only acknowledge them, but take action to address them. As usual, this will not be easy, but it will be worth it. The third is something you won't have noticed this episode, but will notice as the season goes on. We're starting every interview with the same question. What was your first job? Because everyone's had a first job, but few of us have had the same first job. And whether we know it or not, our first job says something about us, who we were, who we wanted to be, and how far we've come. Work has a profound impact on our lives. And our first experience with it is worth revisiting. And not just for our guests, for you too. Yes, you. Send us an email with stories about your first job to theworkplace at octanner.com and we'll feature the best ones in an episode later this season. That's theworkplace at octanner.com. Go on, send it, type it up, then hit send. I'm not going to finish this episode until you do it. I'm serious. I'll just keep this going forever and ever. It'll be the longest podcast episode ever, which I think is currently at something over 10 hours. It was an episode of Comedy Bang Bang, if I remember correctly. Might even be in the Guinness Book of World Records. If you haven't heard of Comedy Bang Bang, it might be the best podcast you've never heard of. was running out of steam there real quick. Okay, we can end the episode now, Daniel. Everyone listening sent in an email about their first job. Daniel? 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 This episode was written and read by yours truly, with additional writing, production, and sound design by Daniel Foster-Smith. Special thanks to our executive producer, Katie Clifford, for everything she does. If you like this episode, or even if you didn't, please rate, review, and of course, subscribe to The Workplace wherever you get your podcasts. The Workplace is sponsored by O.C. Tanner, the global leader in engaging workplace cultures. O.C. Tanner's Culture Cloud provides a single, modular suite of apps for influencing and improving employee experiences through recognition, career anniversaries, Well being, leadership, and more. If you want your organization to become a place where people can't wait to come to work in the morning, go to octanner.com. Innovation, collaboration, ostentation. (laughs) That's not in the script, don't put that in there.